We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, guys? We have a guest on today's podcast. It is Ben Zweiman from DK Nation. Uh, as you probably remember, Ben joined us about a month ago to hit on a wide variety of NBA and some non-NBA-related topics. Uh, we had another great chat with Ben today. Uh, touched on a lot of all-star stuff, a lot of the betting surrounding that game and the competitions uh, on Sunday Uh, Went into some of the futures bets available on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Talked a lot about MVP, most improved player, defensive player, that kind of thing. Uh, And we got in some NBA top shot. Ben's a big top shot guy. If you follow him on Twitter, you've been seeing him tweet about it the last few weeks. Uh, So he kind of gave us his take on on what that's become and where that's headed. Uh, Really interesting stuff. Had a, a really fun conversation with Ben and I think you guys will enjoy it. We are joined by Ben Wyman, managing editor of DK Nation. Ben was on the pod, uh, of course, just a few weeks ago. Had a great time chatting with him about really all things NBA. We covered a ton of topics on that podcast. Uh, and I would think, Ben, there's a pretty good chance that we'll end up doing the same today. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be on the show again. Uh, we had a lot of fun last time. Uh, unfortunately, since then, uh, the Kings have not played good basketball. So 
I don't think we'll need to talk about them at all, which is probably for the best. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to go over some future stuff and uh, and and yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, like you said, we'll hit uh, a lot of futures later in the podcast. Some awards, uh, some team futures bets available on the DK Sportsbook. I, I want to start with something pertaining to All Star Weekend, though, and I was unable to find odds on this. I hope that before we get to Saturday night, uh, DraftKings or or at least some book will be offering some action on this. I, I don't know how much you guys have, have looked into this. Obviously, the All-Star Game and all the, st- the skills competition, the dunk contest, the three-point shootout, that's all on Sunday. Saturday night is 2 Chains and Lil Baby versus Quavo and Jack Harlow in two-on-two basketball. <laughs> I, I I had no idea that was going. I, I've, I saw that around like on social media, but I wasn't exactly sure what it was. Um, so now I'm going to have to go into, now I'm going to have to like research this a little bit more. Are they televising it somewhere? I I was going to ask if I have to use like a VPN to watch this. Is this, am I going to get, Oh no, you do not. So this will not be televised, but it will be streamed on the Bleacher Report app as well as the Bleacher Report Twitter account. So I I don't think that's going to require any sort of like tech finagling or VPNs. Like it's going to be widely available for free. I, I I guess I I guess I have to clear my Saturday up now and uh and then watch this on the on the BR app. Does this mean we're gonna get a two chains top shot moment? Very possibly. I don't know. I mean, as as I'm sure you guys are aware, two chains actually played basketball in college. I don't think these other guys did. I, I think Quavo's played in the celebrity game at least once. I'm completely unfamiliar with Lil Baby, uh, both as a rapper and as a basketball player. Jack Harlow, same thing. Um, but I think two chains played like parts of two seasons at, I think Memphis state before it became Memphis. It was, no, it was Alabama state. Yeah. I I'm, I'm Google searching. I'm looking into this now. I want to see what his stats were like. Um, they're not great. I've I've heard, um, if you click the the link in my Twitter bio, it'll bring you directly to two chains basketball reference page. Coincidentally. (laughs) What? Okay, that's that's where we'll head. Um, but yeah, I I I'd heard uh, Quavo was uh or Quavo was good at basketball. Um, right? You said he he's he had okay. played like a celebrity game before. He's, I remember he's watching like him, I good. He's definitely not like could have okay. played D one or anything like that. Based based on what I saw right. in the celebrity game, I was I was not as impressed as his words had led me to believe he would be. Uh huh. And isn't Two Chains is a big dude too, right? He's listed at six five. Six five. Yeah. So. I mean, I think I think early early edge you have to give it to two chains, someone who's played so. college hoops and is six five. So yeah, but I, I, it's nice that they're doing something else um, to go along with right. All Star Weekend, right? Just because it's it's always been like a Friday through Sunday thing, and um, I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys saw that they put out the Rising Stars rosters despite there not being a game today. Um, oh yes, through Top Shot, Top Top Shot's just I, I figured Top Shot would come up when we were recording this pod, and maybe we'd go on a Top Shot tangent a bit, because I've been diving into it um, mm. a tad. But yeah, I mean, it was cool to see it on Top Shot, and those moments, I think one of the moments in the release that they're going to be doing is the Anthony Edwards dunk, which like I want to get my hands on that. Um, but the rosters are really um, interesting. I don't know if you guys got a chance to take a look. I did. I, I think the... The most glaring omission to me was Emmanuel Quickly, right? I, that, Knicks fans have not been kind on Twitter since Quickly was snubbed. I, I, the the thing I the thing I the issue I have is you really you look at the roster like for US and I mean 
it's it's loaded. I guess the only player that you would question is Keldon Johnson. Um, I could see a scenario. I don't, it's weird that they had named DeAndre Hunter because he's been hurt for the last like right. month or so. So that was that. Those two, I guess, would be the guys where I'd be like, okay, probably wouldn't include them. I think everyone else on the U.S. roster is is pretty deserving. Um, and the world roster, I mean, I it's it is what it is. There's just not really that many um, international prospects. You have mostly Canadian guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's it'd be interesting to see that game played. Um, again, it's 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 tough. The roster's not that huge, so like obviously you'd want a guy like quickly um, on there. But yeah, I mean, Knicks fans are going a little overboard on it. Who's the best player on the world team? This is pretty like appalling roster. Like Michael Mulder has made the team. Oh, it's got to be between like Barrett and Brandon Clark, right? I mean, Dort. I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Barrett, Clark, Dort, and I guess Hachimura might be another guy that you could throw into that conversation. Um, I I mean I'd I'd lean Barrett like in an exhibition game like this, like if it were played, you'd think Barrett's probably the leading scorer on that world roster, oh, yeah. right? Bar- Barrett's, Barrett's game blends very well to a Rising Stars format. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He's probably oh. out of anybody on this roster, has probably been called a Hooper the most. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I would be. I think Nikhil Alexander Walker, if he was, he's also the guy in an exhibition game like this, where if there were like odds, if there were props or odds or anything like that, like leading scorer for each team, I would want to see um, Nikhil Alexander Walker's odds to be like the leading scorer in that game because mm-hmm. he seems like the guy. Every time the Pelicans don't have, aren't healthy, and he actually gets to play a little bit, he's usually productive um and he's just been buried on these rosters and doesn't really get to shine which kind of sucks um and it would would have been nice to see this game this game get played honestly i would be more interested in betting on field goal attempts rather than points like that's that's where i think like it would be barrett and and naw would both be like minus 500 probably yeah i yeah I, i think that's that's pretty accurate um and like maybe like denny fdia like like tri- no, not, not triple double, but if if there's ever a game where he could like actually showcase like his full skill set again, he's that it honestly I'm sort of warming up to the world roster now. Now that we start talking about it, I feel like like no. the, <laughs> I could no? I could I'm feeling the complete opposite. No, <laughs> I kind of am. I wonder like you look at the U.S. roster, it's just like Zion and John and Lamelo and like that starting five would be absolutely insane. They could run, like, four-guard lineups in that roster with, like, Zion playing center against the world roster, and they'd probably just run them off the court. But I don't know. A lot of the guys on the world roster are guys that, like, don't get a ton of run on their teams but are probably better in in this kind of setting. I don't know. What do you think the spread would be on a game like this? Uh, (laughs) This is something I've thought quite a bit about. Maybe, like... (laughs) minus eight at the roster difference I, f- I feel like the, the roster difference is like huge plus like the amount of names on the u.s team i think everybody would just bet on them yeah. even if the odds were like really shaded their direction mm-hmm. it, yeah it's it's super hard to handicap a game like this i don't i wouldn't be shocked if it <laughs> if it was in the double digits i don't know i mean like you said the name value alone is massively tilted in favor of the u.s i i do think it would be double digits i think it'd probably be 
like 12 at least at least 12 points but i mean i don't i don't know do i want i might i might take the points i might take the points there i don't know lou I dort would, can lock guys down lou dort i mean true to be, to be clear player. this game will not be played <laughs> well i was i was just about to say like i think would you be surprised if the nba like had this play out like simulated this on 2k and like played it as part of all-star weekend <laughs> They they should. Can you can, do you know anyone that. over there? Uh no, but they well who was doing the Madden Sims? Dude, DraftKings. DraftKings. Uh, we, yeah, right. we were honestly. I might hold on. I gotta send an email or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send some Slack messages. Okay, I would like about nine, this before this like goes public. Ninety percent of the profits, please. Okay, okay I'm drawing I'll, the line right here. This is it. This is a very <laughs> thorough breakdown of the, the fictional Rising Stars game, uh, but we we have no choice but to move on due to time constraints. Um, did you guys see the quote unquote leaked All Star jerseys uh, that that the players will allegedly be wearing on Sunday? I, I have my reservations as to whether they're real, but I want to get your thoughts first. I have I have not seen them. Let me see if I can get. Do you have a link I can look at? If you just search like All Star jerseys on Twitter, it'll it'll come up. There's there's been quite a bit of chatter in the last couple hours. I I saw them. I do not like them. Um, they're like way too <laughs> Pacers esque. Oh. Uh, so for a brand, like one of the most boring brands in the NBA. So here's what I think. I think these were going to be the jerseys if the game was played in Indianapolis as planned. Right. Because that would make sense, right? Like they they kind of look like the late '80s like early Reggie Miller era Pacers jerseys. And I, I think that would, it's like, it looks almost too much like that. Uh, like, I feel like this can't be what they're actually going to wear now that the game's not in Indiana. Yeah. I'm, I'm not crazy about them, but if that, like you guys said, if that is the case, then I understand it. Plus you're not going to, the NBA is not going to just completely go in a different direction and have someone design completely new jerseys for an Atlanta all-star game, like off of a, you know, they hadn't really, so I get it. I'm they're okay. Like I I think overall the game will be a little bit more. I'd hope a little like more exciting and <laughs> will make up for the lack of uh, exciting jerseys. Do you have a an all time favorite All Star jersey from years past? I'd have, I'd have to get my eyes on them. Um, right. It's hard to pick out all, like specific yeah. years, but like I'm thinking, you know, those there were a couple in the mid '90s, like those teal trapezoid filled ones, and then I think it, when the game was in Phoenix, they were purple, orange, and white. They had like the cactus decals on the front. Yeah, I think those are like the kind of consensus. Yes. Best ones, although I'm still a fan of the players wearing the actual, they're like actual jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that was like the most had the most flair, and especially yeah. with, now with so many alternates, like the amount right. of different colors that you could do i think uh, would be awesome but obviously from like a branding standpoint the nba will never go back to that because they want to sell all-star jerseys yeah. if ever there was a year to do it it'd be this one that's true yeah <laughs> i like you said the ones in the 90s were always pretty good like when mj when mj was in every game like i'd, I'd probably need to i'd need to go back and 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 take a take a look at all of them and scan them um a bit to make a to make a decision on this, but yeah, I mean, most of the '90s ones you can't really go wrong. Was there? Do you guys remember when I think one year, maybe it was in New Orleans, they did like the the front of the jersey was white and the back of the jersey was a different color, and then the other team was the other way around. 
And it's, mm-hmm. it was like absolutely awful to watch. I think that was the worst All-Star Game jerseys of all time. Was this like in the 2010s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the font, I remember the font being like very New Orleans-y. Like I, I, I like the look of it on the front. I remember that being a very cool All-Star Game logo, but the jerseys were a mess. There was like way too much going on. Yeah, I don't think it was actually New Orleans. It was a different, I looked it up. It was a different year, but whatever it was, it was impossible to watch. They took some risks in the 2010s. That's for sure. There was some gradient going on some of those years. Um, various shades of blue, various shades of red, some gold mixed in for a while. Um, but no, like you said, Alex, I, I think those those two from the mid 90s. I don't. I think it was like 95, 96, something like that. Yeah. Um, those those are like the two iconic ones. And I think it's like 02 or 03. They did like a throwback style. It was the same jerseys that they wore, I think, for like for a game in like the 80s. I think those look really cool. Those are some of those photos were being passed around Twitter today. Um, so I I actually I found the New Orleans ones. I believe they're from 2014. And this I think it was when they were doing the T-shirt sleeves. Oh, yeah. when that was like a thing. And like the design looks kind of cool and the color scheme, like color schemes are like, OK. But yeah, I mean, they're like a little. Ugh. The I don't know what they were thinking. Already aged poorly. Yeah. <laughs> Most, yeah. Ugh. Give me a throwback. No matter like, if I'm looking at jerseys and all that, I'd rather get something from like the '90s or yeah. like an old school kind of uh, old school thing than than anything that they've made recently. Honestly. All right. Let's look at some of the contests which will be taking place at various times on Sunday. Some of these will be going down. The three-point shootout and the skills challenge are before the All-Star Game. On Sunday, the dunk contest will be at halftime of the All-Star game. Uh, Alex and I recorded a pod last night, and pretty much immediately after we finished up, they announced the full field. Um, so the dunk contest, Obi Toppin, Anthony Simons, Cassius Stanley. We already knew about those three. I still have a feeling something's going to happen with with a fourth guy. Like I, I could totally see LeBron coming out or, or Zion. Um, who, If you listen to the most recent J.J. Redick pod, Zion basically said he would do it if, if that, if it came down to it, like if, if LeBron asked him to, to join the dunk contest, he said he would, I don't know how binding that is. Um, in the three point shootout, we have Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Stephen Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell skills challenge, Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Julius Randall, uh, I almost said Arvidas Sabonis, Demontis Sabonis, Nick Vucevic, and Robert Covington. Uh, let's go back to the dunk contest. We'll go through each one. We'll look at the odds. Uh, Obi Toppin is the favorite plus 150, Simons, plus 175, Stanley, plus 200. These numbers basically tell us that we haven't really seen enough dunks out of any of these guys to really have a a proper handicap on how this is going to go. Yeah, like it's it's a little, honestly, usually they have four people in the dunk contest, right? Um, So you mentioning like that Zion could, I, I think they may have someone come in and be the fourth guy. It's that's a little odd to me. I just feel like, especially with it taking place at halftime, like they're already there, mm-hmm. you know. And I I don't know. I don't I don't think it's a guarantee by any means, but it's going to be a long halftime because of this. And the the players will presumably come out of the locker room to watch it go down. Like they'll be right there. They'll be in uniform. They'll be warmed up. Like it's it's so much less of a commitment than it would be to committing on like the normal All Star Saturday night. 
Yeah, and just I mean, there's usually it's usually such a big event, the All Star Weekend, that if they did something like this, something cool, where Zion comes out at halftime and he's the fourth guy and everyone just freaks out, it would break the internet. I think that would right. be a really good move. I guess the only I guess an issue would be the, the betting odds, right? Like, what do you do? Like everyone. You'd imagine Zion wins that dunk contest against those three guys, right? Uh, if he if he didn't, then I'd, I'd like I'd quit. I'd I'd quit on life. I don't know what I would do. Um, so yeah, that would I guess be the only issue with partnerships and stuff because you'd have so many people I guess losing money at that point. Right. On betting on other guys because I mean honestly I'd probably look at like Cassius Stanley. I haven't watched a ton of like these guys dunk, but if if it's gonna be that close, like I'll take the guy that's, I take I'll take the guy that has the lowest odds, just because no one really knows what'll happen. And you, there there have been times where guys, in the past in dunk contests have like, oh we don't know anything about this dude, he's kind of a no name, and then like oh oh wow he can actually like this is all he can really do is dunk. Um I feel like for a while, people like like Derek Jones Jr. is a good a good example like decent rotation player, okay starter for most of his career. Um, played off the bench with the Heat, and like sort of everyone always kind of knew he was a good dunker, but then like he gets in the dunk contest in like airplane mode, and and he kind of takes off. So I could see that with like a guy like Cassius Stanley sort of emerging. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Do you have any yep. leans on this whatsoever, Alex? Uh, no. I think I think with the uh, that's my analysis. With the, with most of these <laughs> skills competitions, I am almost always inclined to take the guy with the longest odds because I think it's, it's, I don't want to say it's all random, but like this dunk contest again. Yeah. I mean, we have no idea about these guys. Like I, you know, I, again, no idea what Anthony Simons can like really do. And, and with the three point shootout, I think that's just a, a, a matter of who can get hot. So like, yeah, I'll take whoever's at like seven to one. And same with the skills challenge. Like you get Julius Randle at eight to one in the skills challenge. Like that seems like kind of ridiculous. Um, like, I mean, that that one gets especially weird. Like Covington has shorter odds than Julius Randle. I have no idea. I, I, I that must be a mistake. I don't really understand. Well, yeah, yeah let's, I, let's look at let's, the skills challenge right now. We'll, <laughs> we'll skip three point for now. Um, Luca's the favorite. 2 to 1, CP plus 225, Sabonis 4 to 1, Covington 5 to 1, Vucevic 6 to 1, and then like you said Alex Randall at 8 to 1. Yeah, I mean uh, Vucevic and Randall would stick out to me honestly. I bet cuz last year, what, the last couple of years we've seen big men uh win the skills challenge, right? Um I I I don't think Luka's going to go all out to try and win this. Um his back's flaring up. He's on the injury report. He's not. He's probably not going to play today. It's more. It's more or less because of the All Star break coming up. But I don't know. I I wonder with a lot of the star players that are playing in um in the actual game how much they'll they'll give. And you have what Chris Paul and Luka Doncic at the top of that. So yeah, I'm looking at Randall. I'd look at Vucevic. Uh, you know, I, I Roko. I don't know why Roko's in it. It's so it's such a weird choice, right? Because he's. He's not he's he's not an all star obviously so he's just going to Atlanta to be in this skills show. I I guess I understand it a little bit right from like a partying perspective or whatever but um yeah Roko being in there he might be the dark horse though who knows it's it's just such a random kind of event. I mean he doesn't pa- he do- he doesn't pass or dribble and that's like two thirds of the contest. 
I mean, but it's like a, it's like he doesn't in games, but when you're just making a pass into a basket, that kind of thing. It, I guess like if you, if it's, if he's a guy that has a ton of dexterity and like, you know, that kind of like some guys are just sort of inherently good at these sort of competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, do you think they reached out to Rocco and were like, Hey, do you, do you want to be, or like, was he's like, did he contact someone else and was like, Hey, I really want to, I really want to be in the skills challenge this year. Like, we don't know. Like, cause for all I know, he's a guy. Yeah. I've, I, Someone was someone was talking smack to me on the court about the skills challenge, and now I want to go in there and prove that prove them wrong or something. I who knows. So uh, I I agree with Alex, uh, especially this year. Take the guys with the longer odds. I don't really see Luca or CP3 showing out for this. The three point contest is a little more interesting though, because um, it's pretty stacked. I would say uh, the field is at least. It is. That's a great point on Covington. He's other other than the dunk contest guys, like of all the three point shootout and skills challenge participants, he's the only one who's not in the all-star game. Like he is here for one reason and one reason only. And that is to do like a 45 second skills challenge. <laughs> I, I, I imagine he reached out, like maybe he's the next guy to try to do like the Jeremy Grant move where he's like, okay, I want to run my own team. Yeah. I'm Robert Covington. I want to run my own team like Jeremy Grant. I'm calling the NBA. I'm getting in the skills challenge. I'm winning it. And I'm forcing my way out of Portland to <laughs> I don't even know what team you to run the thunder, you know. Yeah. I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean we'll, we'll see. I, I'm looking at the past list of skills challenge winners. So let me know if something jumps out if there's some sort of like trace between all these guys that links them and makes them good at the skills challenge. In order, uh the last six winners are Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kristaps Porzingis, Carl Anthony Towns, Patrick Beverly. And the year before that, Damian Lillard and Trey Burke were co-winners, apparently. Weird. I, so what's, what's the common thread there? They tied? Right? That's what it says. I'm looking at something on NBA.com, and there's a typo next to – they spelled Orleans wrong, which isn't good. Uh, yeah. So I don't know I don't know how credible this – I don't know how credible <laughs> NBA.com is right now. But, yeah, I guess they just tied. It's weird, though, because – what three out of the last three out of the last five years you basically have big like traditional big men um well i guess not traditional big men right porzingis and towns are guys that can kind of do a lot of everything bam out of bio obviously can jason tatum jason tatum's like the guy like if if it if roco comes out like tate because i feel like tatum in that c in that year he won he like wanted to win he was like one of the guys that like i'm gonna go out there and win um I don't know. There's it's a good mix of guards, but before before the town ta- before Cat won, you really it was all guards winning the competition. I don't know if there was a ch- there must have been some sort of change um, in the in the in the format of the of the. I, I don't I'm not, think there's I'm been not a change format, but, it, but <laughs> there's definitely been a change in the type of players that participate. Like if you look back from like 2013 and earlier, it's all guards. Like there's not a single big man. As I'm kind of trying to scroll through here, like it's. I'm seeing Devin Harris, Darren Williams was a multi-time participant, Mo Williams. Um, like, big men just did not enter it at all. So I, mm. I think it was always viewed as a guards event. But when you watch the skills challenge, like, there's really nothing that's, you know, inherent to only guards or that gives guards an advantage. Like, it, it to me, it always just comes down to who hits the three-pointer at the end first. Right. Yeah. And that's, for the most part, a fluke. Because yeah. like, you're taking what you just got to hit one. So most of those guys can just drain it right away. But it's very. Right. Yeah. So 
I, I, again, if we're looking at the odds, I'd still say your best bets are some of those um, long shot guys who are forwards. I like Rand. I think Randall's a guy. First All Star game. Knicks are playing well. He's somehow turned into this every sort of like this this Swiss Army knife of a of a of a basketball player where he's putting up numbers like close to a triple double on certain nights. Um, so he seems like the type, um, sort of like Bam Adebayo last season, where he he goes in and sort of makes some noise. All right, I'll read you the odds for the three point shootout. And you guys can tell me if you have any leans there. Steph Curry, of course, the favorite at plus 190. Zach Levine, plus 250. Donovan Mitchell, plus 350. Devin Booker, 5-1. to one. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both plus 750. I mean, I think the obvious one is Book, right? At Booker what, and Curry are the only two participants who have won this before. And, and I, believe Cur- or, uh, I believe Booker holds the record for the highest point total ever. Yeah. I how is he he was what six to one Booker is five to one five to one how is how is Donovan Mitchell ahead of him in odds is that how it was plus 350 I was hoping Levine would be overlooked a bit in this competition and he would he would have uh steeper odds because I would want to get on I would want to get on Levine because again sort of like Randall First All-Star game that he's actually playing in the game. Uh, I think he was in the three-point shootout last year and did okay. I know he didn't win. Joe Harris won, but he did okay. I feel like Levine's the guy where he's, again, a guy that's motivated. He's competitive. He wants to, you know, show up and show people that, you know, he's legit, that he deserves to be at the All-Star game because I think there were a lot of people. Not saying that he shouldn't have been there this year because he's definitely deserving, um, but... There's people that have kind of questioned him in the past. He he seems like the chip on chip on my shoulder kind of pick, and I was hoping he wouldn't be the second best odds. Um, I I'd stay away from Steph. I don't think Steph cares that much. There's no Clay there, so it's not like Clay is like in his ear the whole time, like I'm gonna beat you, I'm gonna beat you, that kind of thing. Um, Booker Booker and Levine would probably be my first my first looks in terms of those odds. Alex, you got anything? Uh, I mean, yeah, Curry. I mean, Curry with. I just feel like I wouldn't be getting value on Curry at plus one ninety, right? So I'm gonna stick with my theme here, and I'd probably go with Tatum at plus seven fifty, just because I feel like there's a there's definitely like a seven to one chance that he wins this thing. To me, I just like Tatum. To me, doesn't seem like a like a contest shooter. You know, like he has like a, a longer kind of elongated release over the head like I, I just can't picture him like like when you think like clay thompson is like designed for something like this like the way his release is so mechanical like i when i picture tatum shooting a three i picture him dribbling five times and taking a step back before he actually releases it like i, I don't know how he'll do off a rack yeah if anything jalen I'd, I'd i'd lean jalen brown over the two if we're picking between the two celtics players mm-hmm. but now apparently like, jalen brown is another guy that's dealing with injuries Yep. Um, leading into the All-Star break, like I, my my big concern is in the next couple of days we'll see more guys sort of pull out of of the game. Like I know a lot of people want to go. Like I've seen chatter with like Celtics fans, like why, like J- like they're telling Jalen Brown to just sit it out because uh, last year the same thing happened with Kemba, right? Kemba goes to the All-Star game, he plays 30 minutes, oh, yeah. he, he he goes all out, and then <laughs> the rest of the season he's kind of just like worn down. 
I don't know how much that should affect a basketball player, but again, it, there's there's a big difference between taking what Friday through basically like next Wednesday off and chilling at home and not doing anything, and taking a couple days traveling to Atlanta, competing in this stuff, going back, having a couple days off again, and then getting right back to the the grind of the second half. So. I I I wonder if a lot of guys start pulling out. I could see it happening. Um, but I mean, if they don't, and Jalen Brown is going all out, and he's you know, because he's the he's he's kind of he's got Tatum there, so they're gonna have fun. I think uh, Brown would be the one I would lean out of both of those um, Celtics guys. All right, quick trivia before we move on. Can you name the last player to win back to back? three-point shootouts and I, I believe he's also the last player to win it twice like the most recent two-time winner this should this shouldn't be that i should know this did joe you should Harris know it because i feel like this is his best accomplishment as a nba player <laughs> it's not joe harris it's not joe harris it's not joe harris it's his best accomplishment as an nba player <laughs> I would say when I when I think of this player, I think of I think of this. All right, I think of him shooting threes and doing virtually nothing else. Can we get, can, can I phone a friend? Can I get a can I get a clue or something? He played usually at UCLA. I think he played for a number of NBA teams. I, I would say he was probably most memorable in Toronto. I think that's that's who he was playing for for at least one of these three point shootout wins. Led the league in three-point percentage back-to-back years. What? Oh, wait, no. No. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I, out on this one. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. You, like, I should know, too, because I've followed UCLA since at least those Kevin Love, all those teams. Is this before well, this, that? This is before that. I mean, so the, I, mean that? I can give you the years if that helps. It was 07-08. 07-08. Are, those are the years that he won the three-point contest. Oh, God. This is bothering me. I really want to get this, but I but I know we're in a time crunch, so I'll give up. I'll give up. All right. Jason Capono. Jason Capono. Jason Capono. Oh, wow. Average 6.7 points for his career. It's. I'm going to be honest, guys. March 3rd, 2021, I did not think that I would hear the name Jason Capono. <laughs> Where were you wrong? <laughs> that was a treat. <laughs> All right, before we move on to some futures bets, um, I, I, there, I found odds, not the DraftKings Sportsbook. This was some, some random book that just came up on Google. Kyrie is plus 125 favorite to be selected first in the uh, starters draft tomorrow on TNT. Uh, he's plus 325 to go to Team LeBron. Kawhi is the favorite to be the first pick of LeBron at plus 250, um, and he's plus 650 to end up as KD's first pick. So it's kind of a convoluted way to look at this. I would not recommend betting on the all-star draft. I think that's kind of a sign of a potential gambling issue. <laughs> um, but looking at this more holistically and instead of kind of you know focusing on the odds, is there like a certain pairing or group of players that you want to end up on the same team for this all-star game, just, just for like the fun, uh, you know, the level of fun that that could bring? <sighs> Um, like to me, I, I want Zion on <laughs> for the passing. Okay, yeah, I would want, I'd want to see, I'd want to see some crazy alley oops, like literally, like Chris Paul and Zion would be cool. I think 
if they put CP3 out there, like, just throwing up alley-oops. James Harden, honestly, like, anyone with Zion, I think, is going to be good. Um, even a guy like, even guys like Ben Simmons, I mean, you really can't go wrong. There's just so many, like, <laughs> there's so many good players. Jokic. I would like to I would like to see in the All-Star game we just let Jokic play point guard whenever he's on the floor instead of playing center. He's running he's running the point the entire time. I think that would be I think that would be kind of cool. But, yeah, I I I'm for like any ridiculous lineup combination, like all centers or something. Like if we got, you know, like Jokic, Embiid, uh, you know, Vooch and Gobert on the court at the same time. We, yeah, you know, I'd, the center raid offense, I I have no problem yeah. with that. Well, I I think I think you can do a lot of that, right? Like you could feasibly have mostly four forwards and centers. I think if you did something something mm-hmm. like Ben Simmons, Julius Randle, um, you know, insert anyone here, Zion, uh, Joel Embiid, any kind of combination. They're right. really it really is such a positionless um, NBA nowadays, which is mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, I I think it's why it's one of the better professional sports products because now it's just all offense. Guys can't really guard anyone anymore. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. You could you could say the same thing about like throwing out some crazy guard combo, like if Steph, Kyrie, and James Harden are on the same team or something like that, or Dame, Steph, and and Harden, something crazy where it's just all three of them just running around and no one can guard them. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, this is getting me excited more for the All-Star game. I will say this is a nice All-Star roster for both sides because there are very few guys who you just don't want to see on the court in an All-Star game. Like Sabonis is in that category. Gobert to some degree, although I think athletically he's kind of a little underrated, but like there's no Paul Millsap. There's no Al Horford. Like Kemba Walker kind of sucks in an All-Star game. Kyle Lowry for a number of years was awful to watch in that format. Um, Like for the most part, you have like a, a group of like 21 of the 24 guys are really fun to watch. Yeah, every like pretty much all the guys are like most of the guys are playmakers and not just like guys who can fill it up. Um, like really the really the two guys that stand out as maybe outliers, but they can fill it up is like a, a Beal and like Zach Levine. Um, yeah. uh, I hope I hope Julius Randle does well in his first All Star game. Um, I think he will. I think he'll be sort of underrated. Uh, just because he's the kind of guy where he's he wasn't in an all-star game before, but he comes from Kentucky. He was a top prospect. Like he's always been a pretty good like statistical basketball, like on bad on bad sort of teams or bad situations in the NBA. And he finally got he finally is playing under a good coach in Tibbs and the Knicks are playing well. So I feel I feel good about um, Julius Randle showing up in this game. Um, even a guy like Vucevic, right? He would be the other guy maybe he's out there you're not so crazy about it but he yeah. can throw passes uh he can shoot a little bit so yeah it's it's you it's hard to pick out guys that you don't want to see mm-hmm. on the court right and we're not getting Levine in the dunk contest but I, I think we're still going to get one or two ridiculous dunks mm-hmm. out of him in the game which like obviously he's never been an all-star before we've never we've never had an opportunity you know where, where guys just like aren't going to try to defend an alley-oop if that's what's happening oh yeah i think we'll get some crazy yeah, I think we'll get a lot of crazy dunk. I think that may be why Zion doesn't want to do the dunk contest because he'd have to do the dunk contest at halftime and then play the second half of the game right. and 
Like what? Like I, I feel like he's saving a lot of that stuff for in game, and I think whichever team he ends up on, I hope it's Team LeBron. Honestly, I think, I think LeBron's the type of guy. Like I, I have my issues with LeBron aside from All Star games. In All Star <laughs> games, it's completely. I'll, I'll put all the bias aside and I'll say he's the type of guy that's gonna go to the young Zion and be like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna set you up for some crazy highlights. Don't do the dunk contest. Don't worry. Like mm-hmm. you'll get, you'll get your time to shine. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see a uh, a string of LeBron Instagram stories after the game where he refers to Zion as like his little bro a number of times. <laughs> oh, uh, he's he's and, tended to do that over the years. And then we're back. And then we're back to not liking LeBron. <laughs> um, all right, let's look at some of the futures. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to bring you on throughout the year, Ben, to discuss these. Uh, of course, we're always using the DK Sportsbook when we discuss mm-hmm. these numbers. I want to start with MVP. LeBron is still the favorite. Uh, the the gap is kind of dwindling. You know, he was a, a pretty heavy favorite two or three weeks ago. Obviously, the Lakers have stumbled a little bit heading into the break. He will not play on Wednesday night, um, so he'll miss his first game of the year. Uh, but as I said to Alex, you know, on, on the podcast last week, and, and we've written about this on the site a little bit, too, I, I think the number one thing that LeBron has going for him is not his statistical case, and at this point, not even the narrative case, you know, that he's doing this at age 36 and the Lakers are still a great team, but the fact that there's not a clear number two, you know, I, I think the reason that he's still the heavy favorite, you know, the, the second highest odds are Embiid at plus 275. I, I think if you if you are not voting for LeBron, you might be voting for Embiid. You might be voting for Jokic. You might vote for Doncic. You might vote for Giannis at this point. You might vote for Curry. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is even out of this yet. Like, I, I think the non-LeBron votes will be split to the point that he might just kind of win it by default because there's not a clear other guy. Yeah, and... I I really don't I don't think Embiid um should be with the second best odds. I don't think Embiid really has a shot at winning this and I think in the second half we're going to kind of see that because some teams are going to jump the Sixers I think. I don't think they're going to finish as the number 1 overall seed. Uh and I mean history is against him. The last time like a traditional like old school big man like Embiid won MVP was back in 2003 when Tim Duncan won back to back um, MVPs. Uh, we saw Shaq win in 2000. So really, since then, it's been LeBron, Steph, Russ, James, Harden, Durant, you know, Giannis last year. I don't consider Giannis a traditional uh, big man in that mold. He's kind of just a freak. Um, I think Jokic, Jokic is the guy right now. Jokic is playing, playing out of his skull again. Um, he's putting up crazy stat lines. The Nuggets are playing better basketball heading into the break. Um, I still think there's value in guys like Doncic. Doncic just kind of moved up and down. Um, I could see his I could see his numbers moving moving up if the Mavericks can get it together. Um, and I still think there's kind of a lot of value in some of the some of the guys lower in there. I know last time I was on we talked a little bit about Kawhi. Uh, I don't know if we touched on Dame. I think he hadn't gone on his crazy run really. Um, but yeah, I'd, I I think like you said, the only way LeBron wins is if it's kind of them unanimous like sort of just like what do we do and they just give it to LeBron that kind of thing because he certainly hasn't he certainly hasn't helped himself over the last like two weeks or so yeah I mean I I don't think like advanced numbers shouldn't be like the be all end all for like this kind of stuff but he Jokic is so far ahead of everybody else in like you know VORP BPM wind shares everything like that that it's hard not to see him as like the number one or number two guy. I mean, since 
So his last 14 games are 29 points on 20 shots, 10 rebounds, nine assists, a steal and a half, and basically a block. And I know that the Nuggets, you know, have only, I mean, the Nuggets at this point are 20 and 15. Like the argument that they're like bad is kind of dwindling at this point. They just, I mean, blew out the Bucks last night. So, I mean, if the Nuggets can get up to like the five or the four seed, the argument for him to not win it, I think kind of slips away. Yeah, I agree. I thought I I knew his odds would move a little bit after that blowout win against the Bucks, um, just because I thought that game would be a little bit more competitive. And I I think the Nuggets were getting like seven or eight points. And I was just like, what? Like, what are the, like, the Bucks have not shown, they've been playing better, but to go into Milwaukee and just completely like blow out the Bucks like that. And Jokic again, 37 point triple double. Uh, he's just, it's, it's, I think he's the one and he's only, he's still plus four, plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And I feel like that number is just going to keep, it's going to keep shrinking um, I feel like Embiid has kind of just not gotten a lot of hype. He, the, like the MVP conversation for him has kind of died down. Um, it's 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 tough. Like Tobias Harris is hurt. Ben Simmons is 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 sort of playing well. Uh, like I, the six uh, Embiid's case just doesn't have a lot of like. There's not a lot to it. Um, it's just he's putting up good numbers, and the Sixers have been pretty good this season um, right. for the most part. But it's not like you're going – it's not like if you were going into the – and like we can talk about some of the team futures. Like if you're going into the team futures and you're like looking at a lot of those odds, are you looking at the Sixers and being like, oh, yeah, that's like where – like that's where I'd sort of look? Like I don't think so at all really. Right. They haven't been good enough. You know, they are the number one team in the East, but he doesn't get the same bump that Giannis got the last two years where they're – far and above, you know, eight, eight, nine games ahead of like the two and the three seeds, you know, like they're, they are the number one team, but they're a half game up on Brooklyn. There are two games up on Milwaukee. Like there's not this huge gap where you say like, man, this team's won nine more games than the next best team. Like we kind of have to give it to someone on this team. Um, and then with Jokic, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I think he would be my number two guy, or maybe even my number one, if you're just basing it on the numbers, because his numbers are better than LeBron's. But even with the Lakers playing mostly terrible basketball for the last two and a half weeks, they're still three and a half games up on Denver. So, I mean, Jokic's case is, is kind of similar to Westbrook's when he won it in, what was that, 2017, I think, like the year after KD left, where he got them into the playoffs. They were like the six or the seven. Everybody knew they were going to lose in round one. They did. Um, but it didn't really matter because the numbers were so overwhelming and there wasn't really a clear other guy to take it from him. So I I, th- I think with Jokic, you kind of have to hope that LeBron doesn't put the pedal down um, because if the Lakers end up being, you know, 10 games better than the Nuggets when Anthony Davis comes back and all is said and done, to me, if there's that big of a gap between them, like Jokic's numbers, even though they're better, I, I don't think voters would give him that edge. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way LeBron really runs away with it is if AD comes back and LeBron's game elevates a little bit and the Lakers start destroying teams and they catch the Jazz and they win and they win the West um, and the Nuggets kind of, you know, like stay in that like five to seven range and are, are sort of like a team that maybe they could make. some. that's the thing. Like, I think the Nuggets, the Nuggets could go on a run. They're, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Right. Gary Harris is hurt. Paul Millsap's hurt. Um, someone Michael else. Michael Green. Yeah. Jamichael Green's been out. So they're playing with a shorter bench. 
Um, and even when those guys were healthy, Jokic was still putting up insane type of numbers. So I think overall it'll help the team, and Jokic's game will still be that good. And if they can feasibly get into – I mean, they could get into the top four in the West. It's not really out of the question. They're three games back yeah. of the Clippers right now for, for the four seed. Um, it's going to be tough to catch some of those teams, but I mean, I guess with the Suns up in that at the two seed right now, that you'd, you'd expect them to sort of drop down. Um, they've been pretty lucky with injuries. They haven't really, they haven't really missed Booker or Chris Paul or DeAndre Aiden like at all this season. Um, so I wonder if they're if they're a team that sort of gets towards the you know April and and they start resting some guys and they drop down that much because I don't think any teams are really thinking about home court advantage that much in the playoffs. I don't think it'll matter um, as much depending on how many fans we see. Uh, and even then, I I'm not so sure that that'll even make that much of an impact if it's, you know, what, like 5,000 fans or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I I think Jokic, Jokic would be the guy that I would pick at this point. Um, I think the odds, like if you asked a lot of the voters and a lot of writers, I think it would be a lot closer than, um, than what the odds would suggest, uh, at least in favor of LeBron. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you'd get a lot of different opinions from a lot of different people. Last note on MVP. Can we officially rule Giannis out of this? Because it does feel like last night aside, that was an abomination. They got, like you said, absolutely destroyed by Denver at home. But his previous 10 games before that, 33 and a half points, 13 and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, almost two steals, 1.7 blocks, 55% from the field, 75% at the line, still not shooting it great from three. But I mean, counting stats wise, He's been just as good this year as he has the last two years. I mean, we've we've gone over in the past, you know, the the things that are working against him, just how hard it is to win three straight. But it it does feel like, you know, if you could if you're able to put that aside as a voter, the fact that he has won the last two, and you're just looking at this year, I think if you're not voting for LeBron, like statistically, Giannis is going to be right there with Jokic, and and I think Embiid is probably even a step below those two. Yeah, I, I the it's right there for Giannis to sort of take it too, because the Bucks have like underperformed uh, based on what we've seen the past two seasons with Giannis winning those MVPs, but he's still putting up the type of numbers that would would win him the award, right? So I I could see a second half run from the Bucks. Drew Holiday gets 100%. They sort of take off and they start dominating teams. And again, if if it's it's so wide open right now in the standings that you'd think. That has a lot to do with who is going to ultimately end up winning MVP, probably. Um, it'll be which team sort of jumps ahead jumps ahead of these other teams. Because um, right now it's like, I, I feel like the stats are just kind of getting thrown out the window a little bit. Uh, like you'd think, like you said, with the Russell Westbrook winning the MVP, you'd think at this point that Jokic would kind of be running away with it with the crazy stats he's putting up, but he's not. So, Gian, I mean, Giannis definitely has... Um, an edge because he's won back-to-back awards and the Bucks can definitely get it together and win the East, uh, which I think would be a pretty crazy story considering how, you know, how much they've struggled this season, um, despite everyone thinking that they're finally like, this is the team that's going to sort of dominate and get to the NBA finals and give them a shot at a title. Uh, so yeah, it's the second half, any, anything can happen. And <laughs> it's kind of nutty to see like the back-to-back, reigning MVP at, what, 16-1 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, so, yeah, there's a ton of value down here uh, for for guys. I still think Kawhi at 33-1 to 1 
I I don't know why he doesn't get more hype. Um, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is another guy. I you'd think he'd sort of get a little bit of credit for being arguably the best player on the best team in the NBA right now. Um, but he's still 80 to one, which is a little crazy. But yeah, I I think Giannis can get it done. Um, he's definitely capable. But they have to they have to win games. They have to string together one of those crazy like 15 game winning streaks or something for him to do it. All right, looking at Rookie of the Year, uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, and the odds bear this out, LaMelo Ball, minus 500. He's winning this award unless he gets hurt and misses like 20 games over the second half. Uh, Alex, is he deservedly this far ahead of Tyrese Halliburton, who's at plus 600? Uh, I mean, I think so. I, from a betting perspective, yeah, I would not entertain betting on anyone else except him. So if if that's the if that's a condition, then yeah, LaMelo should be minus 500. Um, just him, since he's been in the starting lineup, he's basically been like an efficient 20 points, you know, six, seven rebounds, six, seven assists, two steals. And like, I, I, I still think long term, you know, there's a chance Halliburton, uh, it's close to as good as LaMelo Ball. I still think LaMelo Ball will end up being the better player, but. As of right now, I just uh, Halliburton is so he's too far down the pecking order of his team. I think they have, you know, Fox there and Harrison Barnes takes a lot of shots and Buggy Heald obviously takes a lot of shots. I just don't think there's room for Halliburton to even get close to LaMelo unless the Kings suffer like two pretty devastating injuries and maybe just one to Fox. But uh, I think I think he's deservedly LaMelo is deservedly the favorite here. Yeah, Devontae Graham getting hurt as like low key Ben the best yeah. thing for LaMelo Ball. hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't know if Devonte Graham is getting that starting job back. No. It's, it's hard to say. Cause like Rozier was hurt around the same time that Devonte Graham initially got hurt. And there's like, there's one game where they were all healthy and they started all three together. Right. LaMelo was basically the three. And then they, they pushed Hayward up to the four. I, I mean, I could see them going with that, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Graham is either the six man or they start trying different lineups on like a night to night basis. Yeah, I, yeah, it's Lamelo. I feel like they got to start realizing that it's gonna be Lamelo's team next season anyway, and they needed to like his his stats are just his stats are just too good <laughs> too good. Like fe- in the month of February, he was averaging 26 and six with like 45, 40, 86 shooting splits. Like he's he's got a little bit of issues with foul. He's he's gotten himself into foul trouble. That's probably one of the things that you know with time like more discipline will will help with but he's yeah i think if he was starting at the beginning of the season it would the line would be even nuttier it would be like minus 800 or something or like minus 1000 because he'd be putting up what he i think he'd be averaging close to what we saw in february he'd be averaging close to like you know 18 points or so with with like 6 6 maybe 7 rebounds 7 assists per game um, he he plays really he he had a ton of steals um, in February when he was getting a ton of minutes. Um, he clogs up the lane, so he's a pretty decent um, defensive player. Just because he has such a size advantage um, at six six playing point guard, uh, so yeah, I I think he'd be running away with it if he were starting. Uh, he's gonna be he should be starting when Graham gets back. Uh, that's probably the best uh, the best thing for the for the Hornets to do and just let him take off. Nick, Nick, you mentioned the the three guard lineup with him, Graham, and Rozier. I just looked that up. 
when those three guys are on the court, it's plus 26 per 100 possessions <laughs> with a 130 offensive rating, which would basically be the best <laughs> offense in NBA history. How I many think, minutes? Uh, it's 203 possessions. That's a, that's a real a, That's a tangible number of possessions. It is basically like two whole games <laughs> worth of possession. Oh, didn't we talk a little bit about that being like a possibility? Like that's the lineup they should actually go with. I think I that was you, sort of it was that in the Kings. Um, wait, yeah. what was that? I think he, I think Graham got hurt like right after we talked to you. <laughs> that 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 sounds right. And I think I I said the same thing with the Kings where they should just be running these three guard lineups with Tyrese Halliburton or like Buddy Heel playing the three. And then I think Alex or, or you, Nick, looked up the stats on it, and it was like, yeah, this is a really good lineup. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> you'd think maybe they, the Hornets employ the, – the problem with that, right, is I guess you can play Gordon Hayward at the four or play smaller lineups because I really don't know why they keep playing traditional centers like Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo in those lineups. Just put Hayward at the four and let P.J. Washington play the five and just run these – small lineups where everyone on the floor can shoot. And I feel like they'd just run, they'd run all over a lot of bad teams. Like if you can't play defense against that kind of lineup, you're going to get run off the floor. Yeah. The, the Zeller Hayward version of that lineup is the best one, which is plus 43 and 42 possessions. Okay. Interesting. All right. So the real reason we brought you here, Ben, most improved player odds. Oh, we baby. went deep on this last time. I think Alex and I have analyzed this. I, I honestly think more than anyone else in the world over the last four months. I think it's I, it's egregious that Jeremy Grant is a heavy, heavy favorite at minus 230. Yes. I, I just don't think that's the case. I think a month ago or two months ago, that was a totally fine number. I, I think Julius Randle should be the favorite, and you could get Randle at 7-1 to one right now on DraftKings. I... I don't know why Christian Wood's odds haven't dropped at all. He hasn't played. He hasn't stepped on the court in like almost two months now. When he is he going to play? Off the court last time we saw him. Yeah. So I don't know why he hasn't dropped down. I'd be I'd be hammering Randall like seven to one. Uh, he's got all the hype. Like again, when when I was on last time, I talked to you guys a little bit about the most improved player kind of formula, and Randall making the All Star game was sort of the last step. Um, and it looks like the Knicks are going to be in the playoffs this season. Uh, he's the best player on the Knicks. I, you can, you can, you know, give a lot of credit to Tibbs. He's gotten that team in shape. Um, but the roster really isn't that much different. And Randall's playing at another level. He's doing things that we really didn't expect of him. Uh, again, the All-Star nod helps a ton. Uh, we, it, and the odds of the odds of kind of uh, have kind of sort of shown us that um how much he's sort of jumped up in this kind of race uh i'm i'm not exactly sure what his odds were um the let like a month ago or so but i know they weren't i know they weren't seven to one i know he was sort of down with like levine and chris boucher and those guys uh so yeah randall i i agree with you i think i don't understand why christian wood's that high uh i don't understand jeremy grant because last time i talked last time i was on you guys were sort of defending Grant a little bit, and I was sort of like, yeah, I mean, he's just doing really well on a bad team, and that's still sort of the case, and he didn't make the all-star team. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't know why anyone would be betting on him at that line. At this point, I don't think it makes sense to bet on him. I, I'm with you. I think Julius Randle is definitely, like, at this point, he's the best number on the board. Um, and I think, I mean, Grant has been Grant peaked in like 
late January, early February, and he's kind of been going downhill since. Um, like, my guess is that he's just kind of been tired out from, like, the, the role that he's in at this point, like, having to literally carry a team after being a role player for, like, five years. Um, but, yeah, Randall at 7-1 to one seems like that's that is, that is the bargain. Yeah. Is there anyone else below that? I mean, Jalen Brown at 10-1, to one, it, it kind of feels like he has had a similar arc to Jeremy Grant, where, like, three weeks into the season, I was, like, imploring anyone and everyone uh, to I think he was 40 to one at that point to, to bet Jalen Brown and I mean he's been he's been very good he's an all-star but he's he's kind of cooled off a little bit and the Celtics you know going in the tank the last month I think has cooled people on him is there anyone else like below Jalen Brown once you get into that 25 to 80 to one range that you could really see you know mounting a case in the second half I mean Jared Allen kind of since going to the Cavaliers he's yeah. getting he's getting a lot of playing time uh, I, I have one guy in mind. And I'm interested to see if you guys feel the same. Oh, I, I think I know who you're going to say. Go, is it? go ahead. It's it's Deontay Murray, isn't it? No, it's I, no? I'm going to go Zion. I think Zion at 80 to 1. Really? I, I don't I think get... he's going to win it. I think, but like in terms of name value and how well, like how well he's improved, even just from like late December to now, I mean, he's he's basically been like 30 and eight and is he starting to pass a lot better? He's starting to finally get some defensive stats. He's been better at the line. Um, I know it's not really like an in-season improvement award, but he's also starting at such a low level because he only played like 20 games last year. I don't know. I, I just think, I think on name value alone and like, especially if the Pelicans are able to get the seven or the eight seed, I mean, he's their lone all-star. I don't know. I, I think there's a case for him to be closer to like 30 to one instead of 80. I, I think you're right that he should probably be a little bit higher. I think the issue is a lot of people last season, if he had played more games, I think he would have put up numbers that were pretty similar to what he's doing now. Cause last season, the numbers were there. Um, like you said, his passing has gotten a lot better. Um, his, his, his efficiency has gotten better. He's, over this like past stretch has looked like absolutely dominated dominant. He just destroyed what was supposedly the the defensive player of the year and one of the best defenses in the NBA in the Jazz and just absolutely him and Brandon Ingram just absolutely dominated them cuz I I actually I have that box score up because it's so crazy. Um they shot 50 the Pelicans in that game shot 56% from the floor took 11 three-pointers. They didn't shoot the ball at all in that game. It was all of them just, I guess, jump shots and just Zion dominating down low. Um, and that's, that was a statement a statement win for the Pelicans and Zion. Um, yeah, he's in such a weird spot because I feel like he's, he's such a good player that maybe it's not... I feel like next season in his third year, if he takes a step when he's like... Like one of the top, like, and he actually takes the jump where he's one of the like top five, ten best players in the NBA. That's when maybe, but then he'd be in the MVP conversation, you'd imagine. So uh, it's 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 a weird spot. I do think his odds should be higher, though. I agree with that. Do you have any thoughts on defensive player of the year? This is a super yeah. uninspiring uh. DPOY race to me. Nah, not really. Bet I I'd I'd be looking at Ben Simmons. He's jumped he's jumped Miles Turner at this point. And he's still plus 250. And I I don't understand. I Rudy Gobert's probably just getting like, it's a lot like LeBron with MVP, where they're just like Rudy Gobert's one defensive player of the year multiple times. And the Jazz, like from an analytical perspective, are 
you know, one of the more one of the the most efficient defenses. If you want, if you want to call it defense, because again, no one really plays that much defense in the NBA. Um, I take Simmons, like if we're talking like a one-on-one ball defender, um, that kind of deal. I don't think Gobert really. I don't think Gobert's done a lot against the elite bigs in the NBA. Jokic has dominated him this season. Giannis has had his way with him, despite the Bucks not winning those games. But it's not against Giannis. Um, and Zion just absolutely, you know, destroyed the Jazz in that game. So I think Gobert's case is getting a little is is getting a little stale. Um, and I think Simmons is probably the way to go. But that's I guess that was more thoughts on defensive player of the year than I thought I would have. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's, that's more than I've had all year combined. <laughs> yeah. where, where, where do you go on this, Alex? I mean, I think the case for Gobert is very similar to the case for Giannis last year, where it's like, okay, this is... I mean, Utah's second in defense right now, and he's the best defensive player on the team, so they just give it to him. Um, like, I don't think Giannis deserved to win it last year, but um, I think, I don't know, Gobert probably deserves to win more than him. Simmons is the most versatile defender on this list, so he would deserve to win for that reason, but I would, I would not bet on that at all or any of these guys. <laughs> That's fair. It's, it's such a, it's such a, they really need to like do something with that award um, to help us out. Like, is it the, like, is it the best player on the best defense? I feel like that's usually what it is, right? The best player, defensive player on the best defensive team. But does that really tell the whole story of like who the best defensive player in the league is? Well, I don't think so. Part of it, too, is there's almost no, like, really good defensive metrics. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you look at defensive win shares, Julius Randle is third. And that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, I, and, like, that's... you know, Nerland so well is first in defensive box plus minus. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's because the Knicks are playing Tibbs ball, you know? Right. Like, make t- give Tibbs defensive player of the year or something. <laughs> yeah, like, can, we have, can we have that award? Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a stale market. Same with six man of the year. Like those markets are kind of stale. Really, the most polarizing are MVP and most improved player. Um, and again, I think there's a lot of value on DraftKings Sportsbook if that's the book you're using. So, um, and it's I think both of those races are tight. And it's yeah, it'll be it should be exciting uh, in the second half. I hope this year the NBA, like, I don't know if they're still doing an awards ceremony. They've been trying to push that the last couple of years. But however they present these awards, they should do MVP first and make make most approved player like the main event. Like that's the last one you announced. <laughs> I mean, it's it it feels like the most ex- like MVP is uh, this year. It's a little different. I feel like in years past, like, I mean, the past two years, did anyone really think anyone was going to beat Giannis? Um, I don't really think so. Like Steph won that one year and he was unanimous. Uh, I feel like MVP, you kind of have a good gauge on who's going to win. Uh, mm-hmm. Most improved player has been, it's always exciting. Uh, there's always, there's always <laughs> guys, there's always guys that take the like next step. Like what, like the year that passed, when, when did Pascal Siakam win? Was it two years did ago? He, did he did win, he win? just last year? Or was it last year? Like him, seeing uh, him, seeing no, him go, ago. yeah, seeing him go from like, you know, a, like a kind of come out of nowhere was was just a, a really cool story in and of itself. I think we'd have a lot of like Randall's been a good story. Uh, like you said, you mentioned Zion. I mean, Chris Boucher, we were talking about a lot before Christian Wood. I'm kind of upset that he got hurt because I think he was the best kind of story for this type of award. Right. Sure. Like just 
journeyman who kind of doesn't have a home and plays like what like I forget how many he played like 10 15 games for the Pistons at the end of last season just was putting up like really good numbers and then the Pistons don't want him and then he goes to the and yeah I I just think um I think most improved player a lot of the times you get you get a nice little backstory for that all right we have a few minutes at the end here uh you brought this up right at the top Ben but I've seen you tweeting about NBA top shot especially the last week or two <laughs> I've done my research. I have an account. I've not done anything with it, but I made one a couple weeks ago just out of curiosity. Checked mm-hmm. out the site. I, we don't have to go into like an explainer of what it is. I, I think if, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty clued in on things like this. You've probably done your own research, but what is going on with this overall? Where like How many packs have you bought? How's it been going for you? Where do you see this going? You you have the floor for as much time as you want here to talk about NBA Top <laughs> Um, I've... I was really into it a couple weeks ago. Um, it's 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 fun. Like if you're if you're someone who's who who grew up collecting like sports cards, uh, which I've actually dove a lot more into recently. Um, it's it's it gives you that same kind of rush. Uh, I guess the the main issue with Top Shot is there the demand is so high right now that so many like this past Saturday they. They started, uh, like, you could pre-order packs, so the market's going to get a little bit more, like, normalized in the next, like, in, like by the end of March. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's A lot of people come to me, and they're like, oh, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. Have you collected trading cards? Like, it's, it's sort of the new way of that. Like, non-fungible tokens is this future kind of thing. Um, you know, crypto. It's a lot like crypto, but, with, like, for NBA highlights. So, I don't know. You open opening the packs is cool. Like I like in my collection, I've got like some Ben. I've got a Ben Simmons highlight. Bam out of bio. I got a Jamal Murray um, highlight. Uh, I've opened a couple packs uh, in the past. I've played around with the marketplace a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of people are viewing the marketplace as like similar to crypto, where you can you know like peaks and valleys that kind of thing. I'm not. I'm not that type of person at all. Uh, I'm kind of just viewing this as sort of something that could be the future of you know, trading cards, collectibles, that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I guess the only issue is if like you're trying to get on there and you're trying to get packs, it's a little difficult. Uh, you have to be, um, sort of bullish on that and like, you know, make sure that you're on for the drops and even then you might not get it, uh, get any packs. Like what was it? A couple of weeks ago, they did a premium pack drop and, they were giving out like a little over 11,000 packs and there were over 200,000 people waiting in line for packs. Uh, so that gives you a little idea of the kind of demand that they're getting. So I, I'd, I'd get into it. Like if you're a sports guy, like if you guys are into that kind of thing, if you've collected cards in the past, uh, I think it's going to be a fun kind of thing uh, moving forward. And again, they, they were the ones that announced the Rising Stars roster and they're going to put out packs that are sort of based on all of the players in those two on those two teams. So the NBA is doing a really good job promoting it and I think they're doing a pretty good job um, so far. Uh, and it'll get there. It's still only in beta. It's very, you know, it's still a very new experience. Uh, but it's fun. I would say check it out. So I, I've heard people say that like you can't withdraw any money. Like I'm sure everyone has seen like these viral screenshots of somebody buying a pack for what do they cost like nine dollars uh the so the common packs are like nine dollars there are other packs that are like 14 and then the premium was around like 99 but yeah they're generally okay. very cheap so you might you might pull something out of there 
um, digitally pull it, I guess. And then, you know, you can turn around and sell, you know, this low serial number Ben Simmons assist for, I don't know. I mean, I think the one I saw, I think was like a John Morant dunk or something that was like $250,000. Like, Mm -hmm. is that actual money (laughs) that you're then able to withdraw or is there some sort of delay on that? Like, it's just, it seems really strange to me that no matter what, like the, somebody who tweeted out a link to like a list of the prices that all these, you know, after, after the packs were opened, what these top shot moments were going for. And the cheapest one was like a Bismack Biombo block for like $26. Like any moment that you pull out of a $9 pack is instantly more valuable than the pack itself. Right. Like how, how, like, how does it break down? Like how do they, how are they making money on this? So, so that used to be the case that will change because um, they allowed, I don't know how many packs it was on the last, on Saturday, they did a big pre-order for these $9 like base set packs. So a lot of people pre-ordered two of those each. The market for a lot of that like lesser stuff is going to go way down because the, the, it's just the market's going to become saturated. Um, so, I mean, the, there will still be value in, you know, getting a highlight, like getting a rare highlight, like a LeBron or, you know, an AD or Kevin Durant or Luca, like guys like that. It's not going to be nearly as lucrative as it has been. The thing is, a lot of those, a lot of those highlights that are selling for a ton of money, um, are series one are there's, they're just, they didn't, they didn't make a lot of those. Um, like think of it as like, they didn't print a lot of those, like in terms of like trading cards, they, you know, put out like a hundred of these certain types of highlights that were in series one. So the demand, like they're, they're very rare. So that's how, like, that's how people are selling these, um, highlights for so much money. Um, especially, and, and it's mostly like guys like LeBron, like, you know, high end guys like John Morant, like that, like you said, John Morant, that dunk, um, but yeah, I, I think it'll normalize again. It'll normalize like any type of thing like this, uh, any type of market. Um, but it, it's still going to be similar to trading cards where like if you pull something that's rare, if you pull something really cool, then people are going to want it and people are going to pay money for it. Um, as far as the withdrawing stuff, like I don't have a ton of like I've sold I've sold off stuff and I've made a decent amount, but I it's not anything where I'd like be racing to withdraw. Um, I'd imagine with how popular it's become and that it's backed by the NBA that there wouldn't be any issues with withdrawing any type of money from this. Um, I think the way that the way that you pay and all that structure, it's kind of linked to like crypto too. Like you can yeah, use crypto. We, we don't to, need to get into a breakdown of blockchain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I don't, again, I don't know a lot about it. This is just like sort of what I'm going off of. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. So I, that's that's kind of how it is. I'm not a lot of people are like worrying about that kind of stuff. I'm just in it like, OK, this is cool. I get to collect this kind of like like it's like it's like opening packs. Like if you have right. that, if you like that rush of opening packs, then, you know, you'll you'll like it. But again, it's it's difficult to get these packs, which I guess is the issue at this point. But I think that'll get cleared up in the next couple of months. Is it oversimplifying to say that this would be like if you were around when like the first basketball cards came out so instead of having to buy you know a, a bill russell card that you know that was issued like 40 years before you were born you know and paying five hundred thousand dollars for it you have a chance to get it for like 99 dollars, or like you said in one of these elite packs like you're like that's why some of these first editions are so valuable is because like you know you're, you're looking forward 10 20 30 years into the future and projecting out that at that point it's going to be so valuable because it was one of the first ones issued. Like, am I understanding that right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. And I'm sure you guys saw that group that um, bought the LeBron James highlight for like over $200,000. Yeah. Um, they invested in it. That's just, again, it's guys investing in something that they think down the line will be worth a lot of money. And like it's it's sort of the same thing, right? I, if you if you opened a pack back in you know back in the day and pulled like you know like a Mickey Mantle card or something, mm-hmm. and it's and that what <laughs> that pack probably cost you a couple of cents or something, um, and you, you're like, oh, down the line, Mickey Mantle's one of the best baseball players in the world. He's you know down, 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be worth a lot of money. So. That's kind yeah. of the idea with with um, Top Shot. I think like if you have a lot of the stuff from Series One and you kept it, I think it'll still be it'll still be worth a ton because they're they're the rare kind of highlights. Um, so it'll it, it'll work a lot similar to to that kind of uh, that kind of feeling. Okay, that was a great breakdown. Yeah, I I've had so many <laughs> questions just about like how this. I feel like everything you read about it gets into like the blockchain stuff, and it's just. I, that's just so so far above my my pay grade, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I mean, to think about what it would have been like to be around when the first physical trading cards came out, and now it's kind of coming full circle to this is is kind of mind blowing in some ways. Yeah, like it, a lot of what you'll read about like the blockchain and the crypto is probably playing the marketplace to make to make quick cash. Um, yeah. If you're if you're in it for like the like the fun type, like the that sort of aspect. Like I've again, I've sold off some stuff and made some money off of it. But I, it'd be nice if I could buy more packs and you know, like start collecting because I think if you can get in and start collecting now and this does end up being, um, you know, the future of 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 trading cards. Even um, I hope it's I hope trading cards don't go away because I love I love them. Um, but if this ends up being like a future kind of thing, getting in on it early is what is what you got to do. Um, so I think of it more like I'm going to collect them, but again, it's also sort of like an investment kind of thing, um, down the line. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, the blockchain stuff, forget it. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm that's, 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 that's below me, you know, or above me rather. No, same here. All right, man, we got to wrap this up. Appreciate you joining us again. Uh, we'll have you on maybe in a month or so to check back in on these odds on, on DK. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.